football. It's America's game, America's favorite sport. The hard hits, the passion, the speed, the scheming. There's nothing like it. And now, for a breakdown of everything Vikings football and beyond, it's the Morris and Moss Podcast. Here's the superstar Mike Morris and NFL Network's Randy Moss. And welcome back to another episode of the Morris and Moss Podcast, starring the superstar Mike Morris. That's me. That's right. And then we also have the NFL Network's the other guy, uh, Randy Moss. No big deal. NFL Network and me. But I'm the big deal. I'm the superstar Mike Morris. You think I'm not? That's Manny Hill. He's the big voice. Give us a shout. Hello. That's the big voice. That is the voice. That's a huge voice right there. Uh, I don't know if my voice spoke loudly enough for these other two guys in the room. I think they both had San Diego winning this ball game. Apparently, the superstar doesn't know anything. Uh, 39-10, Mr. Moss, your thoughts on that one? Humble pie. Humble pie. I mean, I, I, you know. I don't know. I didn't know any more than you did. I was just, uh, I had a feeling that we were heading the right direction. I thought the Chargers were headed in the right direction after the game that they played the week before. Uh, I thought they had turned the corner on the turnovers, and who would have thought that they would have had their worst turnover game of the year yeah, yeah. against the Vikings. When when the Chargers took a 10-9 to lead and they had converted about five straight third downs, right, I thought, yeah. uh-oh, okay, yeah, this could be tough for the, you know, for the Vikings. <laughs> but no, then no. the flood of turnovers started. And the it was flood all of turnovers right at the, about the two-minute mark of the first half. I mean, it was a pickoff, and then it was a – what a blocked punt! Wait, it was a strict uh, a strip sack, right? Uh, scooped up by uh, I don't know. Hunter let him into the end zone. Who's the guy that scooped the football up for the Vikings? The defensive lineman, number ninety-five. Uh, oh, I'm glad you. And so anyway, one one just one mistake after another at that point. Blocked punt, a uh, little of everything. Philip Rivers. Again, trying to force the ball in everywhere, trying to make more happen. That's why he had 15 interceptions going into that game. And uh, he was not much better coming out of that game. In fact, I had the stats up on Phillip Rivers. He had three interceptions. 29 of 39 for 307 for Phillip Rivers. And a very efficient day for uh, Kirk Cousins at 19 of 25 for 207. One touchdown, one pick. But, Get it? Hand it to the Vikings. I mean, yeah, they were the uh, – you know, I mean – Yes, the Chargers had, what, seven turnovers, but some of those were forced, stripped, um, and the Vikings played well. The Vikings were in position to take advantage of it in a big way. Yeah, it was, uh, it was an interesting afternoon. We didn't know what was going to happen with Thielen. He en- ended up starting the football game, getting some decent reps. They had him on sort of a pitch count and uh, just testing him to see how things were going to go for him. Kyle Rudolph continues to shine and look like another, a different tight end to me. I have never... In his 10 or 11 years, 11 years now, seeing him catch a ball more smoothly and more confidently and turn up field and actually gain some good positive yardage, which he has been doing. And I don't know who talked with him or what he's seen on film or what finally got into his head, but he actually turns and he's making some moves after he catches the ball and being the athlete I always thought he was. I just couldn't understand why he wasn't getting turned up field quicker. Well, he's And also, if you watch him on, the, on blocking – I mean, you got to just give this guy props when, when he turns his whole career around in one year this late. But he's figured out a way to block, and maybe that helped him in everything else too, but he has been, a, I think, a dynamic blocker now in this blocking scheme to get to the outside to set the edge. 
and probably since Jim Klein saw us here, we really haven't seen too much of that. Uh, I haven't seen a blocking tight end here uh, since Jim Klein saw us here. Rudolph is filling the bill, though. He's doing a nice job. And he's emerged in such a way in the passing game that we have reinvented ourselves without Adam Thielen and, and, and continued to be uh, productive and winning, winning football games. And now Thielen's back. So that's just the right timing. December, we get back one of our star players. Uh, it looked like he was moving pretty good. There's some other high points as well. Um, the Chargers had two of the best pass rushers in the NFL, and Melvin Ingram and Joey Bosa. And Riley Reef did an outstanding job, uh, as did the rest of the offensive line. But I thought in particular Riley Reef uh, played one of his best games of the year at left tackle. Defensively, Eric Kendricks continued to play like he's the best linebacker in the NFL, which I think he is. And I think he got totally ripped off by not being voted to the Pro Bowl. Just because he didn't pick off a lot of passes, he didn't have the opportunity to pick off a lot of passes this season. He probably flew a little more under the radar than he should have. He has been the best linebacker in the NFL, especially in coverage. And for him not to be voted to the Pro Bowl this year of all years is a real travesty. And Trey Waynes had, I thought, his best, his best game of the year. Um, so it looks like that uh, maybe some of the work they've done in coverage. Hughes played a decent game. Um, maybe that's starting to pay off a little bit. So I just I think if anyone can get the back end of a defense together and playing well and, and together playing together is Mike Zimmer and staff. He's got a knack for for that back end and having people pick up and, and pick up the slack when people are do, are, are down. Xavier Rhodes went out of the game again. Uh, had an issue with his calf or or the inside of his foot. I don't know which one it was, but he was out of the game, <clears throat> which he seems to do often. But uh, I, it's just it's really been picked up a lot, I think, by Mike Hughes, learning week to week now and getting more time uh, to cut his teeth on the job. Uh, so he really has looked pretty good. Trey Waynes is starting to become the guy that I think they've always thought he was going to be out of Michigan State. Um, and, and, the, and you know what? The, 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 the uh, safety play always it's been fantastic. Always rock solid, just rock solid. I mean, so, even Andrew Zendejo now joined yeah. the Vikings again uh, in midseason has played exceptionally well. Oh. I mean, it's been it's been fabulous. Those two back there just know each other. It's like ham and eggs back there. It's it's those two have played so long, Harrison Smith and Zendejo, that it's just become like this. It was the perfect fit for us at the perfect time. But and Anthony Harris has been one of the best safeties in the NFL. He has. J, J. Ron Curse has played exceptionally well. I mean. Yep. They have an embarrassment of riches back there at safety right now. It's it's really an amazing thing to see. And the defensive line always doing – always disruptive, always collapsing the pocket. Big Linville Joseph still shows up all the time. Uh, the two ends are dynamic. Uh, you can say what you want to about uh, about Barr and – but but uh, Kendricks, you mentioned it already. I think he's just an absolute superstar on this squad. Not getting any attention. He should He should have been to two Pro Bowls already. They they pass on him all the time though. I don't know why. I really don't. And so it's become a, um, I think a real eyesore for for that kid to to be neglected like that and not not seen and not uh, recognized. So and you got Daniel Hunter. We hadn't mentioned him. The youngest uh, youngest in the history of the NFL to get to 50 career sacks. Uh, he's on his career right now is on a Hall of Fame trajectory if he can keep it going. So a, I mean, a lot a lot of rays of sunshine to talk about. But there's also that storm cloud that popped up on the horizon in the in the Chargers game, and that's the injury to Dalvin Cook. That there we go. That's the one, and I, I'm not totally sure what it was. I don't know if anyone really officially knows what no, it is. They don't. Uh, it's, it, it feels like, it looks like, 
you know, the, the clavicle or the, the collarbone. Uh, there were chest pains before that. We don't know if it's, you know, uh, something that has to do with that or if it ties together with that or made worse. Uh, but he did not look good. I, I didn't know what it was when he came, when he rolled out of that. So I, it looked like clavicle or shoulder, shoulder sprain. And I don't really know much more than that. I just know that it's really dicey to not have him in there. There have been whispers, and again, that's all they are, not verified, just uh, whispers by some people around the team that this particular injury that he suffered against the Chargers was the other shoulder, that now he has two injuries on each shoulder or one sort of upper chest, lower shoulder uh, that he's having to deal with. As we tape this on uh, Thursday night, at practice today uh, for the Monday night game, uh, neither Dalvin Cook or Alexander Madison was listed as practicing. They had a light practice today uh, because they have a Monday night game. The Friday practice will be uh, a little more important. Uh, Zimmer was asked about Dalvin Cook, and he said that he – today, Thursday, and he said that uh, he thought he was feeling better. And when asked about Alexander Madison, he said that he thought Madison – had a good chance to play on Monday night. So we'll have to see what happens. If those don't play, obviously you've got Mike Boone, who, who looked pretty well, good. Really looked well, pretty good. Really well. He was, um, I mean, we've got a stable of backs. I, mean, I, even, I even like C.J. Ham. Ham has done a nice job this year, blocking and catching the ball from time yeah. to time out of the backfield. But I give it to him from time to time on the goal line. He's a, he's a physical runner. But these guys all sort of fall into that same track of really super strong, powerful, low-to-the-ground runners. Outside. Cook, is, is he's dynamic with some, with some moves uh, that, that we haven't had around here maybe ever. And, you know? and if you don't get Cook on Monday night, um, or, or, or Madison, let's say, let's take worst-case scenario, and you go with Mike Boone, um, I think the big question that, that people have about Boone um, against the Chargers when he was in there, he showed that he can be a dynamic runner, but – Dalvin Cook has been so valuable to the Vikings in the screen game. It's been their ace in the hole all season long. They've been – I mean, the Cousins-Cook synergy there on those screen passes has been just something to behold. And we haven't seen that yet um, from from this guy, you know. I mean, Coach says it's okay that he can catch out of the backfield, that he'll be just fine catching out of the backfield, that, uh, you know, that Boone has showed him in practice that, that he can do it. Uh, we haven't seen it in a game, though, and that, that's something to watch for. It's a thing of beauty when you watch a screen being set up the right way, and, and that was what was so good about Dalvin Cook being the one out there to set that. It, it takes the running back and his perception of the, of, of the screen and how it's supposed to be run. It's all about timing. It's the quarterback selling pass for a pump fake dropping back, sucking people up into it tight, offensive linemen letting their guy go in front of them, not behind them. If you lose him to the front side of the screen, you can get out real easy if you just don't let him go too soon and too easily. So all three guys have to let guys peel to the front side of the screen. If you peel with him behind you and run, he'll see you run and know it's a screen. Now you turn up field, you got – Lead on force, second man through is up on the numbers, third man is pulling back and kicking trash out, pulling trash up from the backside that can get the, reach the play from the backside. You don't bleed the play to the sideline. You, you keep it up and square to the numbers, and that allows the play to continue further. 
But if you bleed it to the sidelines, they use the sidelines as an extra defender and push the guy out of it, it's a it's a it's a negated play. They stall the play out by pushing it to the sidelines. It takes the running back to set those blocks up outside and let those guys come out and get an, engage in blocks and not to run ahead of it, Adrian Peterson. But it, it, but but Cook is absolutely stellar at it. He's stellar. He's got, he has smooth, slick hands. He's got at least two moves to make the first guy miss. And and he he'll he'll stay behind his blockers and keep himself and the ball to the safe side and let the blocker do all the work and then and then jump off the block. The great ones do. That's why screens work well. If you run ahead of those guys, those big guys out in front, what are you doing? What you're ruining the play and you're getting killed. And but we had a guy around here for about eight years that thought he that thought he knew better. But that's exactly prototype perfection of a screen pass. The way the lineman will hold for two counts, release one, two, three down the line. Cook comes out, the quarterback sells it. You get the the easy drop over pass, and the running back knows how to let his lineman come out and block it. And what you just described is exactly what the Vikings are going to need, most likely on the road in the playoffs, which which poses an interesting question uh, potentially uh, Monday night for Mike Zimmer because their only competition right now for the wild card playoff berth is the Los Angeles Rams. The Rams play the 49ers this weekend. If the Rams lose to the 49ers, the Vikings automatically clinch a spot in the wild card. Now, the only way they can win the division against the Packers, the only way they can overtake the Packers to win the NFC North is to beat the Packers on Monday night and have the Packers lose to the Detroit Lions in Week 17. The Lions are in free fall right now. And we would have to beat Chicago as well. And right? you'd have to beat Chicago as well. Okay. So I think the, the interesting point is, if the Vikings have already got a playoff spot clinched, do you sit Dalvin Cook, you know he's in pain, you saw it against the Chargers, and try to get him healthy, uh, especially you know with a playoff run in mind? Zimmer says no. Zimmer's kind of old school about stuff like that. But what would you do? If there's any part of Dalvin Cook, uh, they can get out there and play and play effectively. I mean, you don't want to see a great player go out there and just get hurt the first play, second play, a la Kevin Durant. I mean, it, it serves no purpose. It's just going to set you back years down the road anyway. Uh, if he can definitely go out, he's 80%. I, I'm like, you know, let's play him. you got to play. It's playoff time. Everyone over on the other side of the ball is probably going to be feeling the exact same way or is nicked up. You just have to play that way. And the more starters you can keep on the field during playoff time at even 80%, if you've got more of your starting players that you had at the beginning of the year out there on the field, you stand a pretty good chance of weathering the storm because it's really survival in advance in the playoffs. Anything can happen in the playoffs, anything at all. So the other team is going to be hurt. They're, they're all going to be miserable. Who can you play that is going to be able to play with pain effectively? I mean – uh, Cook is definitely the guy you want to see get the ball in the playoffs. If you want, if you want to make a, a push through the playoffs, you make it with him. But I have to look at him in the eye and have him tell me, how are you feeling? I mean, because we don't want to put you out there at anything less than 80% with a good sling. And if he answers and, he's di- and he gives you that look like he's just answering you through with, with 
his heart instead of his mind, then I set him down. I set him down. It's going to be dicey because his be really heart dicey. really, really, really wants to play. He yeah. thinks he's missed enough time already in his tenure with the Vikings yeah. well, uh, through, through two different injury situations. Yeah, the ACL. And he, he wanted, really desperately wanted this year to prove that he could play an entire season without getting hurt. And that's going to be part of the dynamic when they look Cook in the eye and say, how do you feel? That, that's, that's the one. They might have to protect him from himself. That's, that's the one. And, and you've got you to help save one of the, one of the, these players from time to time. They'll play with anything. They'll play with anything. I mean, they'll say, tape it up, let's go. Uh, put some Novocaine over it, let's go. But, it, it, you know what, I'd rather have him sit, take my chances with Madison and, and Boone and, and with C.J. Ham. And quite, quite frankly, Kirk Cousins at whatever he's being paid to use those receivers down the field and get it done for a game, and then maybe another week down the road, you got a really legit shot of Cook actually starting and making a, a difference in the game. But you definitely don't want to go in there and just lose him in the first quarter to a to a serious injury that's got him injured for another year now, and now he's missing serious time. It just makes no sense. But so, but there are a lot of moves to be made and a lot of a lot of decision making uh, left for these coaches this time in the year, uh, December when those injuries do stack up. How serious are they? Can we get him back? Can we get enough ice on that thing? They'll keep him at, at the at the facility all the way through the week. They won't go home. They'll sleep at night at the facility. They'll wake him up every three hours for treatment. Literally, they do that. It's amazing. People don't know what goes on behind the scenes, but they will sleep. Those players will sleep at the facility, and they'll have kids wake them up every three hours and bring them in the training room for treatment. And they'll go back to bed, and they'll set an alarm clock for another three hours. And they do it all week until the next game. So their injury will feel better, but they'll be sleep deprived. They'll be they'll be really <laughs> super tired. But it's amazing how well Sugarman and the staff can get these guys feeling before before another game. It's amazing when you come out of it. I'm one of them. That had to sleep overnight once or twice for Zambaletti over at uh, Winter Park at the old place in uh, Eden Prairie. You sure do miss family a lot. But you know what? It's amazing when you pop that thing, you think you're done for the season. And I'll be darned if you don't just show up with a good tape job and play, play pretty well the next week. You actually, they can get it back a lot. It's amazing what those guys can do now. And I'd like to thank some new people on the block with their sponsorship of the Morrison Moss Podcast, Essence Skin Clinic, located in downtown Rochester, Minnesota, right next to the Mayo Clinic. Get down there. They're qualified. They're staffed up with physicians, nurses, estheticians, and they're rated in the top 6% nationally. Now, they invite people from all walks of life, from all around the world, into their clinic. They've done that for 30 years now. Okay, They've hosted celebrities and dignitaries and queens from around the world for their skin care needs. Now, if you're looking for CBD products, They've got them. In fact, they've got Serene Premium CBD products. Uh, those are made using the highest quality industrial hemp manufactured in a GMP certified and FDA registered insured compliant facility. Now, you want to make sure you use your coupon. That's right. We have a coupon code, Superstar68, to receive 25% off your purchase. Now, here's the best part. You could go to EssenceSkinClinic.com, order it online, and they'll ship it to you right to your doorstep, absolutely free. Not bad, huh? Get on down there and say hi to Jennifer Sandeman for me. And let them know the superstar Mike Moore sent you down there. And then also I'd like to thank Dodge of Burnsville, The Office, Sneaky Pete's, and speaking of Pete, Pete Peterson's State Farm Agency. Get down there. Pete's got his own agency now. I used to work with him at Dodge of Burnsville, in fact. So we got a lot of overlapping sponsorship here from the past. But Pete and I used to do all the Dodge commercials down at 
Dodge of Burnsville. Well, not go over there and get your car insured at, 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 at his State Farm agency. He'll take great care of you, okay? Uh, and now back to the podcast. So whether or not Dalvin Cook makes it back Monday night, U.S. Bank Stadium, when the Vikings play the Packers, uh, we are going to hear from Joe Tessitore and Booger McFarland so many times Monday night, it's going to make us all on the verge of, of nausea <laughs> that Kirk Cousins is 0 for 8 on Monday night football. We already heard it the last time he played against the Seahawks on Monday Night Football. And now it's going to be just a, a steady drum beat that's going to be just want to make you want to throw a shoe at the TV. <laughs> like that really has anything to do with anything. Especially if it's you know. Booger McFarlane. But, but now no, I like Booger. You know what? I, I, I He's grown on me all year. I, I didn't really care for his commentary, but he's really super sharp. He's really well read on football. He's a little different with his presentation, but he's absolutely dead on a lot of the time. And I've grown to like him a lot. I mean, I watch him every week now. So I'm going to look at the positive on this. Uh, since Aaron Rodgers has been the quarterback of the Green Bay Packers, I can think of one year and one year only when the Vikings took on the Packers with a quarterback that was playing better than Aaron Rodgers. And that would have been Brett Favre in 2009. <laughs> this is the second year. Because right now, Kurt Cousins is playing at a higher level than Aaron Rodgers has been playing. You know, that's an 0 and 8 record be damned on Monday Night Football. He is playing at, a, at an extremely high level right now. I, I'm telling you what, that's, that's a big thing that you just said right there. Because a lot of people, there's no way they're going to buy into that, what you just said, but absolutely is the case. Is that he is really an accurate passer. He's doing a number on every team except for the ones on Monday night. And I'll be darned if he's not playing out playing Aaron Rodgers, of all people. Now, he, we've had people nicked, wide receivers, so don't use the thing of, you know, with Rodgers having Adams down for a while or whomever. He has. So have we. Um, Rodgers has felt the part all year, all year long. No nicks that, that I've heard of. Cousins has held up really well, which, by the way, he's a tough guy. He takes a lot of hits, and he gets up. So it's really a bona fide, legit statement that you said that Kirk Cousins is playing better than Aaron Rodgers, which is a lot to say, but he is. It's just the, yeah. that, just the facts that he is. I mean, not by a mile. You know, when you look at the stats, if you didn't know anything about either player, you looked at the stats this year, you would say, oh, well, Kirk Cousins is a way better quarterback. Absolutely than you would. You look at the passer rating, it's like 111 to 86. That's right. Like that. That's right. Yes, Aaron Rodgers has only thrown two interceptions. I, I will say this. Rodgers is playing better than his stats would have you think, simply because he's got nobody to throw the ball to. He's got Devontae Adams. Yep. And other than that, he's got a bunch of names and numbers and faces. Pretty dicey. Tight end, Jimmy Graham is uh, is a, sh underachiever. Know, a, a shadow of what he he's used to be. He's an underachiever. And all you need to know about the situation that Aaron Rodgers has been in the last two years with the Green Bay Packers is you look at his stats on throwaway passes, passes that he has intentionally thrown away. Yep. When you have, when you have a quarterback like Aaron Rodgers, who's so good at going through his, his reads, the, the only time they're going to intentionally throw a ball out of bounds is when there's nobody open. Last year, Rodgers led the NFL by far with 59 throwaways. Okay, This year, he's number two in throwaways in the NFL. And guess who's number one? Tom Brady. Because nobody's getting open for New England. That's it. 
So I think they're closer than the stats would indicate, but I, I firmly believe that, that Kirk Cousins right now is playing with more – throwing with more accuracy, which is hard to believe. He's uh, something else. When you, when you think about how short he was trying – every single pass for the first four or five games was super short, not even close to being intermittent, you know, in between. It was like eight and nine-yard dumps. And when they finally decided to open it up with that rollout screen or rollout uh, boot – and looking down the field and taking shots, and that's when Diggs reinserted uh, himself to the offense when he decided decided to start catching everything and and uh, perking up a little bit attitude wise. But that was the turning point. It, ever since then, he's been putting the ball down deep and often. The tight end has emerged uh, as a, as a dynamic threat now in our offense. Uh, we've got a, 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 you know a host of players that have really made a big difference maker in in uh, the absence of Thielen, but. Kirk Cousins is an accurate thrower. Down the field, a deep ball, anything across the middle, short drops, screen finesse, I mean, just little drop shots. And then he can throw it right down the chimney from about 40 yards out, right down the smokestack. And that's enough of the, uh, the old, uh, he's not very accurate or he doesn't have a, look, a good long, he's got plenty of arm, plenty of arm. So to all those people, that, that, you know, that whole thing is changing about Cousins. He's a, he's a legit player in this league. He's made top dollar in this league for a long time for a reason. And he's earning his pay right now, too. So this is, the, this is as big a game as he has ever played in coming up Monday night against the uh, Green Bay Packers. Probably as evenly matched as we've seen it in a long time. Quarterback for quarterback. Running backs. If Dalvin's not going to play, they're pretty even across the board. The offensive line's very similar. Defenses. Minnesota probably has an edge. Oh, yeah. I'm sure of that. But with that being said, they got the new, they have the new staff over there in Green Bay. We got the veteran staff. Uh, so, hey, will we make a difference there? I like Zimmer against the new guy. Uh, the kicking game. Green Bay, I really don't know that much about their kicking game. I know that we have a guy that is having trouble missing his fourth extra point. You and Dan Bailey. <laughs> he was the, he was the oh. NFC Special Teams Player of the Week. Bothers me. Year. I think he's a top ten kicker in the NFL. He's a great, I really he, do. You know what? He's made some but, kicks, <laughs> and he's missed some big kicks too. I'm gonna, I'm gonna you take can't up make an Dan extra Bailey point. Here. I just, it drives me absolutely insane to talk about a, a kicker who's missed two extra All points. Right. And that in, in as close a time frame as he has. It's, you know why? Because it's a mental thing. So I can tell you this. Calendar year 2019 NFL season, the best kicker in the NFL is Mason Crosby of the Green Bay Packers. That I did not know. He's been in that spot before. But he is had he is having a tremendous season for the Packers. Unbelievably accurate. I think that's a accurate. huge edge. Uh, I think it's a playing, huge edge. Playing home games outdoors, um, which is a disadvantage, obviously. So it's good. It's, you know. Here's the way I see it. I, I give it's hard to say this, but it's true. I, I give quarterback, I give Cousins a slight edge right now. I think running back, especially if Dalvin Cook doesn't play, Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams, I think have a pretty sizable edge over what would be an inexperienced bunch of guys for the Vikings. I think the Packers' offensive line has an edge over the Vikings' offensive line. They have a lot of experience on the O line, a lot of really good players, Bakhtiari, Balaga. Mm -hmm. um, I think the Vikings' receivers have a big edge. I do too, right? If we can protect Cousins, I like that. I do. I like that a lot. Um, 
with, with the caveat that Devontae Adams is one of the best in the NFL. And he defense, I think, that, I think the Vikings have a sizable advantage. Although, I do like the Packers' corners. They have a couple of, of, uh, of very talented corners that have been playing uh, well this season. That's been one of, the, one of the strengths of the team, actually. The new kid, the rookie. So, uh, Tremont Williams and Jair Alexander are the, mm-hmm. are the two guys that have, uh, in particular, been playing – uh, better than any of the other corners around that team. Who was the other guy? Savage. Uh, uh, Kevin Kevin King is a guy that's that's seen a lot of action this year. He's played, in fact, he's played almost seven hundred snaps this year. Who was the, who was the rookie year. though? That was there was a rookie uh, that got hurt earlier this year. Wasn't his name Savage? Not sure about that one. They got okay. they got Tony Brown who's seen some snaps. I'm thinking um, about Chicago. Okay, but the two that have been playing the best um, are the ones that I mentioned. Uh, Jair Alexander and, and Tremont Williams, who had been with the Packers, left and now has, right. and now has come back. Uh, yeah, they, they've got some players over on that side of the ball, but and but I think that probably the most decisive difference maker can be protection a uh, protection uh, of the quarterback, which they have a slight edge, as you mentioned. I mean, Balaga is Riley Reef. They get injured a lot. They're both from Iowa. They're both about the same number of years in the leagues, in the league rather. Their left tackle, one of the better uh, players in the game. Um, but O'Neal, I mean, I like our guy out there, stacks up pretty well. In the interior, not so much. I mean, Klein does a good job. Uh, you know, Bradbury get, getting better. Uh, old Elf line over there trying to trying to service up. Uh, getting he's steady, more steady, I think. Uh, he's pretty good in the running game. You, know, you see him come off the ball pretty good. Pass protection, a uh, little lacking. But... Uh, the Green Bay Packers definitely have an edge there. So they have a good, a good quarterback with a pretty decent offensive line, and that's, that can be scary. You have to have that defense like we have to stop uh, number 12 over there with Green Bay. With that all being said, uh, I think we've said enough. I mean, we've stacked it up and racked it up, and we'll talk to you real quickly after that game to let you know how it went. But I think, I think we got this thing done. Uh, I think the Vikings get this thing done. It's going to be uh, right down to the last two minutes. It's going to come down to a field goal. I don't. I mean, either team can do this, uh, and that's typical. Green Bay Viking. Uh, the the, um, uh, the rivalry has never really been that much different. Very few blowouts in the time that I played them. Uh, it's always pretty much down in the fourth quarter at least. Last four or five minutes, normally a field goal, and uh, I like the Vikings' chances. Because it's not an extra point, it's a field goal. So, I think he can kick field goals. He can't make extra points. Thank goodness. <laughs> How about me? That's a long snapper speaking his mind. I can say what I'm I want to. I'm start a Dan Bailey fan club. I, oh God. <laughs> yeah, I, I just, if you can't make extra points, I can't call him a good, a good kicker. The snap is good. The hold is good. The protection is good. He's missing him because it's a mental glitch. And that scares me. In the biggest moment, what's he going to do? That's a pressure thing, and he's got himself convinced he can't make extra points. I know these guys. That is, he's missed four extra points that haven't been blocked. I'm done. I'm done. So That's the way, That's so the way I see the game, I, I, think the, uh, yeah, I think the Vikings have a huge home field advantage in U.S. Bank Stadium. Um, and even when I thought, even, <laughs> even when my, uh, my brain stopped working last week and I picked the Chargers to upset the Vikings, <laughs> if you remember, I said last week, and then the Vikings are going to come I back actually, and are going to beat actually, the You had me on that one because I was I, thinking, you know, I, he's not that far off on this thing if Rivers decides to light it up. So, to me, the key to the game, there's only really 
I mean, Aaron Rodgers, obviously, but there's really two guys that Zimmer has to focus on trying to minimize, and that's Devontae Adams and Aaron Jones. By far the two biggest weapons, really the only two legitimate weapons that Aaron Rodgers has on offense. And the way the Vikings defense is playing right now and with the home field advantage, uh, I'll take the Vikings 28-20. to 28-20? 20. 28-20. I'll pick them to cover. The late touchdown. I don't know what the spread is, but I'll pick them to cover. Yeah. And, and, and I, I just – I will say, uh, you know – uh, similar, it's a closer game, like 24-21 Vikings. Um, it, it'll be one of those fiascos where they're going to, you know, run and gun. They're going to fire the entire playbook at each other and try and try and uh, take over the division and, and win the division. The Vikings have to have both. They also have to have Green Bay lose one after they win this. Uh, that Green Bay would have to lose another one to win the division. So um, I, I like our chances. I'm going to go with it. We split with them again this year. 24-21 is mine. 28-21, Randy Moss. Big voice, what do you got? Vikings win 30-24. to Close game. Yeah, close game no matter how you look at it. Probably a lot of points. I, I wouldn't doubt it. I think there will be a few touchdowns in this one. So uh, stay tuned. We will. We'll let you know how it goes. Um, probably Tuesday, certainly before, uh, before Christmas. Okay, we'll try and get another one out to you guys. All right, so uh, thank you for listening to the Morris and Moss podcast for the NFL Network's Randy Moss, the big voice, Manny Hill. I'm the superstar, Mike Morris. Skull Vikes. Skull Vikes.